up Hebrews 10, 19. We can all look at the screen. We can visualize what we're about to go through. And then we're going to have on the end of these path ministers to pray, to prophesy, to minister healing, whatever you're needing. So that it's, but you'll find, I think, the reception on our part of the receiving will have so gone higher because we came into agreement with these scriptures. All right. You okay with this? Do you want to go in the parking lot? Do you feel safer before we talk out there? No. All right. <laughs> oh, we've had this system since we uh, enlarged the building some 20 plus years ago. So it is, uh, we've had some really fun, exciting times. It, it, at one time, it happened all the time. You see, there's like laser lights going back and forth. And so if you get too much this or that, it, it can set off and God, at one time it was happening so many so often that we all kind of just discounted it before we even checked at the rooms and made sure there wasn't a fire. And I remember one of our ministers was out there just going going to town, getting ready to make a point, and this goes on. And right before there's been any chance to think about anything, he just simply says, It's a false alarm. Don't move. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. <laughs> Which, you know, to a visitor might be going, well, thanks. Makes me feel safe. You guys regard your safety mechanisms. But uh, about 20 years ago, God rocked my world with these verses. And they became, there's seven verses. Five, at least, are for the walking into the encountering God. And two are for the in bringing that encounter to the body one to another. And I began practicing this in the face of opposition, whether it be mental opposition, emotional opposition, circumstantial opposition, things going, saying, speaking in a different tone to me. And I've discovered that the scripture was greater than the circumstances. And uh, to my surprise, I found the order of entering into God's presence, into his holiest, was not the order I was currently taking in church and Christendom. I used to go through, my first part of my prayer was to try to, to kind of reestablish my place with the Lord and process what's not working, how things are going. Uh, if I've had a really bad day, I, I may need to be, you know, contrite and repentant over it. I don't, I, and, and then I discovered, no, the first thing you do is acknowledge God's, what he's accomplished through Jesus Christ and enter into the holiest of holies. Once you're there, you can process everything that's happened and enter in fully to a, a fresh cleansing, refreshing, and then the, 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 the promise of God's word comes back alive and we can just hold and offer to him a confession of hope. And then in that position, that place, so much of, of the circumstances and the thoughts and the emotions and the conflicts and the accusations and condemnations, they just find no place. So I started practicing this and I found it, I tested it because I do it every day and I would pray through each step until I, I connected to that place and I'd go to the next step. And I found there was not a thing that my, I had to face over a good 10 solid years of rehearsing this that could withstand the truth of these scriptures when I just accepted them and moved toward the Lord with them. So I want to share that because I felt as we were entering into a time of 
seeking the face of God, we want to do it from the position of a New Testament believer. There's some incredible stories, like we just went through Jeremiah and um, Isaiah and Ezekiel, that call us to seek the Lord, but there was limited light that they were functioning with because the Christ had not come or died and been raised from the dead and set into the place of high priest. So now we're, we're starting way ahead. We're starting way ahead, and that's probably the first step of humility is to accept the Lord's testimony of his son even when it doesn't feel like the testimony of his son is working. So it begins by saying, brethren, have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. There was no other means to get to that place but the blood of Jesus that has caused us to be sins remitted, conscience cleaned, and uh, all access granted. So I would envision myself, and that's why I want to encourage you. When you walk through this, take the time. There's no hurry. You can even go there and, and just... And say, well, what would boldness feel like? And I would envision myself running down the stairs as a little child into my father's study and be welcomed in without asking, without requiring an appointment, just coming in. Because I had, that was what boldness would mean to me. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, his resurrection assured us continued access but I would even break up that veil of his flesh into five steps first he died he was buried then he was raised from the dead then he ascended and now he's in intercession and I would take the time to go Lord I thank you that when you died I died and my sins were, were nailed with you and I would just so I would take each statement and make it a door into an experience and I would allow my imagination to to uh, receive the truth of the word and then it, the third thing that's so incredible it says and having a high priest over the house of God now we're the house of God and we have a high priest so we're not going in hoping that you know we do everything right we've done everything has been done right in Christ and he's over us so whatever we're not clear in, he is clear, clears up for us, brings us fully into that place. And then it says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. This is what, this was so amazing to me because now that I was inside the holiest of holies, the place the high priest could only go once a year, now I could go every day by faith and accepting the truth of these words. I was there. Now that I was there, I could draw near to my father in the full assurance of faith and with a true heart. I found two things I enjoyed doing and that would undo. I would praise him. I would begin to extol him for who he is, what he's accomplished, what the word says. And then I would also bring the honest condition of who I was, how I was doing which was funny because you would think you had to get all that taken care of before you were in. But it, it makes more sense. Why would you have to get reapproval to be with your father based on your performance if you're only accepted because of Jesus' performance? So it, it, I realized that the order I was in was out of order and this was God's order. So you draw near with a true heart but you're in full assurance of your faith that you're accepted in this place in the beloved. 
No, so no matter what I had to tell my dad, my papa, this is who I am, this is how I'm feeling, this is what's going on, I'm overwhelmed, I'm afraid, I'm scared, I don't know what to do. He would never go, what? How can you say those words? He would just say, come on. Because something began happening. It says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. I believe that's a one-time event when Jesus dealt with it with his blood, but I believe it's a daily cleansing of any place our conscience condemns us. And I would find that, wow, I feel so much better telling the truth of how I was doing and accepting what God did, and now I feel like I'm not carrying any of that weight, I'm not carrying any of that regret, I'm not carrying any of that shame, whatever had found its way into my conscience. Conscience means shared knowledge you have with God alone or God has with you alone. It's something that's, that's shared knowledge. And our bodies washed with the pure water. So now the water of the word was now like invigorating me. It, it, you know, we wouldn't think it's strange for someone to come and we meet them in the day and, we, and they said, you know, I really want to apologize, but before I got to come over and spend some time with you, I took a shower. Uh, you think, well, I hope you take a shower before you come and greet with me. Why? Because perspiration causes stink. And you're in kept, unkept, and your hair fluffs up and falls down. And So the soul practicing life has emotions. And emotions are the sweat of the soul, as perspiration is the sweat of the body. And so inside this conversation, inside the Holy of Holies, except that inside the Beloved, uh, there would be a washing. And you just go, I feel so much better. I feel so free. I feel so cleansed. I feel so, uh, uh, I'm ready. And then this had to be the one, of, well, every one of these were, you can tell, are discoveries. He says, and let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So besides all that what Jesus accomplished through this blood, through the veil, he's my high priest. Because I can now draw near to God with a true heart and a full assurance of faith, I can have my heart sprinkled from an evil conscience, and I can wash my body washed with pure water. Next thing I get to do is tell God my hope back to him. And hope is something we receive when God speaks over us, when he makes promise to us. It can be specific, and it can be the most specific of all, which is Jesus Christ. He is the better hope. But he also can speak to that you'll be married, you're going to have ministry, you're going to uh, see healing, you're going to see your children. So he can speak in specifics, but all specifics submit to Jesus Christ. And even if they don't happen specifically as I saw them, they still are alive because it's hope. Hope that is seen is not hope because once you see it, you don't hope anymore. And we're meant to live. We're saved by hope. We're saved in this hope, Romans 8 says. And this great hope that we're in so that I would find then my inside would start to come alive with with. My life is not defined by where I live, how much money I make, my problems I'm facing, my people that he, it's not defined by that. It's defined by what God has said over me. 
So I would say back to him. That's what confession means. Confession means to say back what you heard, to say the same thing. And, it, and he said, do it without wavering. Don't let it, don't, a wavering is like something that's like a fence that's about to fall. And, and cause why? Because whoever made the promise, he, the one, our God made the promise, he's faithful. So I would, I would be there and I'd come, I'd leave. It may take an hour. It may take sometimes two hours. It may happen in a few minutes, but I'd come home happy. I'd come home free. I'd come home out of anxiety, out of dread, out of pressure, out of testing, and I'd be restored. And so once we're there, which is the four verses, these three verses then expand. And so we've done all of these through this path. Because then it says, let us consider one another to, uh, in order to stir up love and good works. Do you imagine the day when every one of us are in Christ in this fashion experientially, that when we come together, we are looking to find somebody to stir up love and good works. We're not looking, hoping for someone to find us and help us. We're looking to go be a blessing and uh, stir up that love and good works. Then he says this powerful thing that's going to happen. It's a prophetic word, a promise, so it's going to grow. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. The word assembly means to col the collection together of the saints. It's only used, it's used in a few places, but three of the places that are really crazy are Matthew and Mark, when it says, then the, he will, the trumpet will blow and he'll send his angels from the four corners of the earth and they will gather together his church. And then it says in Titus, chapter, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, that the coming of the Lord and the collection or the gathering of the saints. So when we come together on a Wednesday night, we're practicing the rapture. Think about that. We're practicing. We're, we're, we're getting used to responding to the gathering. And one day that trumpet will blow and those, the dead in Christ will rise and the rest who reign will be up there together and we will be compacted in the most incredible re you know, reunion that we've ever could have had. And he then on, no, you, you jumped, you missed a step. Back, Kelly, please. 25, what's... Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. The word exhort means to call people close. So if you would imagine what has happened for every one of us this journey, I'm just living in life, lost as lost can be, and God calls me to his son. I say yes, and now I enter, I'm called out of the world into his church, and that's what the church means, called out ones. I'm called out of the world. Then he says, let's practice coming together because I'm going to gather you all into one. And now that you're together, I want you to draw each other closer so that there can be even a, there's no space between us. And he says, we're going to do that more and more as we see the day approaching. Imagine, the darkness is going to get darker, but we're going to get brighter. The light is going to shine upon the anoint, the, the God's church, and the glory of the Lord's going to rise. And it's, it's going to be transferable and encourageable. So as we go through this tonight, take your time. You don't have to get through all of this, because fortunately, these may be rearranged by Sunday, but your Bible's still there. 
and you can practice this, and I, I just encourage you. This changed my life. It took me out of a lot of traditions that have been taught over so long that they now seem to be true and put me to, into a place of just saying, well, this is how you wrote it, so I'm going to receive it. This is the culmination of all the 10 chapters up to chapter 10, verse 18. The entirety of Hebrews is brought to these seven verses. Everything that we're taught that God did through the Son for us is so that we can do this in him. So, beloved, I want to bless us. I want to bless us to travel with the Lord. And you can move as fast as you like or as, as slow as you like. You can stop anywhere. Pause. Ask yourself, what does this look like for me? Ask yourself, how would this make me feel? I receive these truths. I can't produce them, but I can accept them. And just take the time to ingest and to let the word of God be implanted. And then let the Holy Spirit, who's ready to make the word of God alive, come alive. And next thing you know, I said, you may only get through the first spot. There is no finish line tonight. There is no finish line. And the ministers that will be out here and about, they're ready to pray for you when you come out or ready to go find you if you're spotted in the, by them. Just a bless. Amen? Because tomorrow, next Wednesday is worship. We're going to just give God the praises to finish this summer program off with all our praise. So, Lord, I ask you, by the power and the beauty of the Holy Spirit, whom you are so creative, as we see in Ezekiel's ministry, to transform the sanctuary now into Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. And that these four verses of personal encounter with God and these three verses of collective empowerment of the body would be received, experienced, that healings would come, miracles, the prophetic words, ones that are given to one another by the Spirit and ones that are just spoken to us in the Spirit. We receive all of this tonight. And we ask you for great grace and favor to meet us as we go through. Amen. 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 So go ahead. And again, if, if you're familiar with these verses and you have a bit of flexibility, then you might start at a different spot to give room for those who be the first time through so that they can have the experience of the order. But every one of them are alive unto themselves. Amen. And I'll bring our online family through. you just start with a little worship and then we'll come back and forth I'll, I'll try less than more
walk through the big line of people that we're entering in to take the blood of Jesus and accept his blood has washed away, removed all sin, guilt, and shame, and all the reasons we couldn't come in and just now come in with childlike faith. Just, hey, Dad, Father, I love you. I received. Tell yourself I am accepted. I can come boldly. Talking to the Father, acknowledging what the Word says is the most powerful self-talk you'll ever learn because you're not talking from self to self. You're talking to God from His Word and yourself is listening. So you'll submit. Lord, we thank you that we come boldly in the blood, through the blood of Jesus Christ. We come boldly in the very holiest of holies. Nothing will stand us or tell us we cannot come in. We're in. And here we go. Praise the Lord. So, coming by the new and living way. This is that all of this, the proof of the power of the blood and the death of our Lord Jesus was that the Father raised him from the dead. And because he raised him from the dead, he ascended him to sit with him at the right hand. And because of all of that, that's how we come through. We come through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't, no man comes to the Father but through me. So it's not through the curtain that the high priest could only go through once a year. It's through Jesus Christ. So we come through Jesus Christ into the Holy of Holies. And not only do we come through this new and living way, this resurrection, the resurrection, the new living way, the new priesthood, we come with an expectancy that we are entering into the house of God. We are the house of God. And it's through the veil of his flesh. We just talked about the new and living way. It's the veil of his flesh. And here he is. Praise you, Jesus. Just take a moment. Receive that. I, I come through the veil of your flesh. I come to the new and living way. It's, it's, it's genuine, real, perfect sufficient in every way. I can't get here. I could never get to heaven and let alone get into the Holy of Holies, the throne of grace. I could never come this far in, but I came through you, Jesus. The blood is accepted me, made me bold, and I'm here. So now, watch this. Here he is. He's with us. He came to minister over us. He's over the house of God. He's a high priest, and he's over us. That's always key in Scripture. If God is over something, that means he's the one responsible for whatever's under him. So this case, he's responsible for the entire church. We are the living body. So we're, 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 not, we're not trying to just like pray like we're a bazillion miles away from God. We're in the very glory realm, the very presence, the throne of grace it calls, and he's over the, us as the house. He's our high priest. He makes us accepted. Hebrews 9 tells us, and 8 tells us, and 7, Hebrews 7, 8, 9 tells us so much about the high priestly ministry. So be, go on in there and sit about with Jesus for a bit. But let's keep going because we're on our way. So we just receive. Tell him I love you for being my high priest. You're over the house of God, whose house I am. 
I am in that house of God, one house, the house that Jesus built. And I am, you're my high priest over me, and I receive that in Jesus' name. So now we're in. There's no limitation to produce any of it, but know that it's all been completed in Jesus Christ. I am in a great distress because in Christ I can do anything but without Christ I can do nothing and I'm in between the two there are parts of his promises and parts of the demands and needs of the earth needs of my heart that I cannot get to so I'm coming and expressing where I am and letting God know I'm not going to try to tell him oh, I've got it all together I can heal anybody pray for anybody they all get well that's that's usually a lot of hype Lisa would be for me if I did that. I have to have a genuineness in my connection. If I don't, then for me, it, it's it's like a, I'm trying to promote something to get something to happen. I'm trying to fake it till I make it. No, I am accepted. I have full assurance of faith. You can't, Papa will not throw me out. And I've told the Father at times, here I am, and I'm really overwhelmed, and I don't think I can make it. And I'm distressed, and I'm frustrated, and I'm upset. And I process. I don't accuse God of he's the reason I'm there. I accept the responsibility that I'm only there because it's me. But it opens the door for reassurance. The faith begins to say, no, it's the blood that I'm here because of. It's through the veil that I entered in, the new and living way of his flesh. And here I am by him over my, as a high priest. So Come on, I'm, here. I'm ready for the intercession of Jesus. Step into my life. Start the conversation. So I agree with you. I don't want you to agree with me, but I need to get what I'm, what's happening to me out so I can hear what you happened to you to come in. And especially when he died, according to Scripture, and been raised according to the Scripture. So take a moment. You've got to tell the Lord one thing right now that's pressing upon your soul, pressing against where you are trying to say you have no place to live in this kind of assurance of faith with an honest heart in the highest, in the holiest of places. You do. We do. Let's do it together. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Okay.
heart to God, to the very throne of grace. I envisioned my Father sitting on the throne of grace, Jesus at his right hand, my high priest. And I'm honest and I share my need. You know, it says the throne of grace is to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Need in the Hebrew is a picture of crisis. It could be the best thing that ever happened to me or the worst thing I ever dreaded. But now that I've been in dialogue, something's happening. My heart is having a fresh sprinkling, a fresh awareness. And whatever conscience that I have um, been carrying that's condemning, separated, it's inside, it's no good, it's evil, evil conscience, unreconciled to God, has been sprinkled and it's clean. My heart is free because conscience abides in the heart. It's just, it's just, secret knowledge that we hold of ourselves that God also holds with us or shared knowledge that we have with God and it's our founding fathers when they fought for the, the right to have individual freedom to govern themselves unto God one of them said conscience is the most sacred of all rights is to be able to carry forward in our conscience so it's a very powerful thing but when it's sprinkled clean it's free there's no condemnation first john three or four talks about that if our conscience condemns us god is greater than our conscience so he's the one who can set our conscience right and that's happening right now let it let your heart just recalibrate back to the truth of acceptance and victory and the love and beauty of jesus christ now we'll go on to the next one because they go hand in glove following is that our bodies are washed with pure water i i think i think that for every one of us in salvation in christ we have been given a high calling we have been given an inheritance we have been separated unto sonship and purpose and all of these truths are inside his living word so jesus is cleansing washing us his bride to make us a glorious church without spot or wrinkle and he's doing so with washing it with the water of his word ephesians 5 says so when my conscience is washed sprinkled all of a sudden the word of god comes back to alive the truth that i've read before scriptures that i maybe memorized ones that might have set me on a journey that then found shipwreck because of the journey I don't know but they start doing a better work a perfect work they start taking uh, uh, making us clean you're ready to start again it's like that shower you just get out from under the grind and the dust that you were in into the beautiful grace that God has provided for you in the Son. You get out of you and into Christ, out of the problem and into the promise. And it's activated. Praise you, Jesus. And so just take a moment. Inside, a heart being sprinkled from an evil conscience. Bodies are being washed with pure water. We're being recalibrated. We're going to worship for a few minutes while we do that. And then we'll step into the high calling of the high confession in Jesus' name. Just let those truths come step inside them. Amen.
acceptance that we enjoy as we employ it, as we take advantage, as we're, all we're doing is agreeing with God's word, is that then we can bring to the Lord our confession of all those promises that have been whispered over time, the truths of God's word that we highlighted in our Bible, we knew that they had something to do with something we wanted to experience. They have uh, prophecies that have been given, spoken over us, or in our quiet time. They're a confession of hope. That means they haven't yet been done. Haven't? Because if we saw it, they were already done. You don't hope for what you saw. You, you, we may have hope for this Christmas, but we have no hope for last Christmas. It was what it was. Hope is a future, and it comes from the one who gave us. And he is faithful, he promised us. So we just start to hold it fast. Now that's the problem. Weather is like a fence in your backyard. It's a boundary, and the boundary gets battered against the circumstances of life, the winds of adversity, the troubles and struggles, the betrayals and whatevers. And it says, no, hold it fast, hold that down. Don't, don't, don't hold it down. Don't let it topple. Because too many uh, times we lose our hope. We let it go. We just no hope. And the good news in Jesus Christ, your hope is in Christ, so it can never be fully lost. It can be laid aside. It can be, you can wander from the hope of the gospel, but it's never gone. In other words, thank the Lord now for the hope that he's spoken, all the words he's given. And watch the Spirit of God start to show you things that you forgot about. And he'll start reminding you of things that have been said that Lord has shown you and as he does acknowledge him to say, thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, I accept that. It's still true. And you'll see that nothing that God has ever said has been reneged and removed over our life. Even if we've moved away and gave up, he never moved because his promises are eternal and they're the path into inheritance as well as into rest. So take a moment and just Thank him for promise. Release your mouth saying things God said to you and over you over these days. In Jesus' name.
confession of hope because he who promised is faithful. Abraham took that truth and said, I'm not going to stagger at the promise that God made through unbelief, but I'm going to glorify God because he who promised is able to perform it. So God is faithful because he's able. If he said something, he calculated all of our journey, all of our despairings, and said, oh, I got all that in calculated. I'm bringing it to pass. The other side, he's able. Let, let his ability give us courage right there's all the 8 billion others behind me. We can consider them to stir up love in them and good works. Love is in Christ and being loved by Christ we're called to love as Christ. And good works were given to us before the foundation of the world. We're not an accident. There's a purpose for each of our lives to which we can live it out. It's closer than we think. It's right in front of us in fact. The people right in front of us are the ones we are to consider how we can encourage them to love and some good works. They may be your family, they may be your co-workers, your neighbors. We should be and can be because of this place that we're given who we're celebrating tonight. The capacity to be forever eternal optimistics. Optimists who see the best that's coming, the good that God's going to accomplish to uh, release love. So right now in the circle of the people that are closest to you, I want you you take a moment and consider God doing good things in their life, bringing them into the place he prepared for them, overwhelming the circumstances that have kept them captive and stuck and stopped, and you and your emotions, and however you might feel about it, let the Lord just begin to say, I got it, I've got it, I've got them, I'm taking them, we're going to do it, and just worship him for the great work he's bringing in Jesus' name.
added one family, one church, one spirit, one hope of our calling. And may the Lord now just infuse the freshness to that. When we've been made whole through the accepting what God provided for us in the Son, approaching God through the Son, and receiving that fellowship with Him, the sprinkling and the cleansing and the confession of hope, then we can receive the healing from trauma, from betrayal, from broken promises. So often, we're, we're, we're wounded people wounding each other. We're broken people breaking each other. But when God begins to allow us to experience the wholeness in His Son, appropriate as we are tonight and practice it tomorrow then you and I can come and say let's get together because yeah we may still have the troubles and struggles and we always will as long as we walk in the days of our flesh but we'll also learn to love and forgive and give to all kinds of beautiful things so let the let the Lord right now heal the wounds that have happened in the home house of your friends the betrayals couldn't keep up to your expectation. Or maybe they made promises they just didn't observe. Let him, let him be there for you. He knows. He knows. All of the Psalms speak of this. Jesus experienced this. He had to be handed over by one of his disciples. But it was written that we have to be handed over to death in many cases. Betrayal of the same sort not so that we would be buried under grief but so that God would resurrect us in his forgiveness, life and we begin to bring life where death had taken hold of us like Joseph did for all of Israel and for all of his friends brothers when they came back you're gonna and I am gonna we're gonna be agents of healing and forgiveness as we gather family and in church and assembly together so do that right now release forgive be forgiven let go of the past season release it and then we're going to gather for the one last moment before we launch into the fullness of what god has provided in jesus name
assemble a free people, forgiven and forgiving, loving, exhorting one another to love and good works. But we come closer, come, we exhort one another, come, we pull people in. We're not separating, we're coming together. And this is going to increase more and more as the days approach. Because if Jesus, think about this, Jesus is coming, and that's the gathering of the saints. He's coming. We're being gathered. It culminates in the air at the rapture, at the trumpet, when the dead in Christ are raised first, and we who are alive come into that same uh, reunion. So we're practicing that. We're, we're bringing people closer, one to another, exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Praying for people you think about throughout the day, giving them a text after that's spoken to you, giving them an encouraging word. We don't have to be present thanks to all the technology. We, Paul would say, I thank God for you in his letters upon every remembrance of you, always making mention of you in my prayers. And then he went on to say that God would fulfill what he began. And I have this is you in my heart. So I have this confidence that God will because of the love that I have in this relationship that I carry you in prayer. So it's not a worrying prayer. It's a worshiping God prayer. And it's also a calling out uh, over the people. I just had the pleasure this Sunday of a family I've been praying for for months just carrying them and asking the Lord to bring about a, a good work. And I'm carrying many families like that. But this was a joy to look across. And there they were, family and church. And it just lifted my heart. Because you see, there's nothing stopping our Papa from reaching into whatever circumstance and situation holding anybody and everyone and liberating them. And we are the people that do so. So a text to someone, a call to someone, a greeting to someone, all of these things, are t we are the tools of God to bring the fullness of the day approaching and being prepared to receive him in his day approaching. So right now, think about three people that you've been carrying in your heart that are distant. They can be living in your house, but distant, or they could be have removed themselves from fellowship and you love and remember the days of great deep worship. And lift them up to the Father for a moment and just speak blessing, speak collecting them speak grace to them as we finish our worship and then i'm going to release a blessing in a minute there's a there's a place of of, of exhortation happening right here so i want to bring that to you in just a moment
We're going to sign off in a moment, but I want you to be a part of blessing our, our worship team. Worship is so powerful when we've got musicians who are not just excellent musicians, but are worshipers. And their sound is like what David brought to Saul when he couldn't hear God's purpose and had lost to a distressing spirit. The sound of the minstrel can calm the spirit. Or like the minstrel that brought the prophet into the spirit to speak the word to the king. We're so grateful for you guys. And I want to release that blessing because I want to say that your journey, that this one now can be not just reduplicated, but replicated, but practice to become your own. Taking the Bible and just kind of go through the little points like we did. Do it tomorrow while it's fresh because Jesus wants to establish himself in a fashion with you, in you, for you, in all that the Father accomplished through him. This is where we begin. So you see the distance to God, maybe the hardest last part, which is to come with that into that honest union and communion, acceptance of the truth and fellowship, what we just went through. That's maybe the, 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 short, the shortest and furthest distance. But this is the place of, of where we're to grow up in. The rest of it has already been accomplished. It's the accepting and the truth. So I bless you with the acknowledgement of the truth and so that all of the faith and all of his love and all of the hope that God has given us in the Son can become alive and contagious and carry us in this life to help and be a blessing to all of those amongst us. In Jesus' name, you are loved. God bless. We will be together Sunday.